Evolution, Revolution. A discussion on the changing shape of us. This podcast series has grown out of some articles I've written, which you can find in the show notes. Lifeline Church is undergoing a transition. This is a critical stage for those who have grown up in Lifeline or joined along the journey to bring their unique contribution to the table, because those that have led for the last 40 years won't be leading for the next 40. As we continue the journey, we need to know what we need to carry with us, what can be left behind, and what needs to be developed. I hope this podcast, along with my articles, might provoke and inspire you to offer what you carry. Okay, excellent. So back here with me, Nick, and I've got Jamie with me. And we're here to do part two of Jamie's article about leading. The title of this article was Authority to Lead. So if you have not heard part one of this, please go listen back because we'll be carrying on from there. So Jamie, could you talk to me about the difference between listening alongside someone and listening under someone? Okay, so this is where I butcher the the Greek. Um, so I don't know how to pronounce it, but parakou versus hooperakou is where we we get the idea of listening alongside and listening underneath. So in essence, listening alongside is about seeing yourself um, equally weighted in terms of authority. And so then your your questioning is to decide if you want to follow or not. Whereas Huparaku, the listening underneath, is um, your questioning is so that you can follow better. And so one is I'm not I'm not in unless you convince me. To, the other one is I'm already in. How do I do this better? And so the the word Paraku, um, you it's a sense of um, hearing to neglect, paying no attention, disobeying, disregarding, carelessness, being casual. Um, and so some of the translations, um, you, you see it used as disobeyed or um, refuses to listen or ignoring. Um, whereas Huparakuo, the listening underneath, is a listening, a response to a command and so a lot of the times it's translated as obey um, but in Acts 12 when Peter's knocking on the door it says um, Rhoda came to answer the door and that that answer is hooperaku so there's a responsiveness to what what's going on and so if you were to kind of practicalize the the difference a little bit so a listening underneath so a positioning um, of yes, I'm I'm already up for this. I'm already doing it. You ask so you can follow better. Whereas to listen al- alongside Parakua, you can you ask so you decide whether or not you will follow. Huparakuo, you work through to apply. Okay, so I'm hearing this instruction. Um, what would that look like in my life? Whereas Parakuo is it just don't really take notice. It doesn't stick. It's in one ear, out the other. Huparaku argues in order to understand. Paraku argues in order to win. So often presented by, well, I, I don't understand, is often I, I don't agree. So 
Hooperaku takes things seriously. Um, it matters so much, you'll make sure it gets done. There's a sense of high priority. Whereas Paraku, you, you put even weight on it. Your, your opinion as a leader is just the same as this guy in the streets, his opinion. You, you're giving it equal weighting. Um, your tendency to forget, you're not prioritizing. Sometimes you're just not bothered at resolving if there is a difference. And you're more likely to react to words or just follow instructions without thinking about it. Whereas the Hooper Akuo, you really struggle to, I want to get the heart. I want to know that in taking this action that I'm not just ticking the box, but I'm serving the purpose behind. So when it comes to which one are we living in, I, I want to be someone who is listening underneath. I want to be someone that has recognized God's chosen chain of command, and I want to get myself underneath that because that's where the blessing comes down. Sometimes it only becomes apparent if I'm listening alongside or if I'm listening underneath when my leader asks me to something, asks me to do something I don't want to do. And at that point, it's, oh, it's no, no longer convenient to just to be following what my leader's saying. And that often reveals if I've, it's just been coincidence that the leader has been leading in the same direction I was going anyway. Um, yeah. So I'm not going to try and say the Greek. <laughs> Listening under is not about blind allegiance or not having an opinion. It's actually, it's about the position and the weight at which, of which you hold the leader and therefore what, what the leader says. So I imagine there could be a danger to listening under, looking just like blind allegiance. This person says it, therefore I'll do it. I know that's not what you're describing, but do you think there's a danger in that, that listening under of just, well, I respect this person, they're my leader, therefore I'll do what they say. I think there could be a danger of that. But to be honest, it's possibly more likely to be parokuo because you're not taking it seriously enough. So I've been in times where I've argued with my leader because they've asked me to do something which I can't reconcile with the heart that I know is inside them. So I've kept on going back and I said, but I, I can do what you've asked me to do I still think I'm going to be missing the heart that I think you've got. So my argument looked like a lack of compliance, but my my true desire was I don't want to just do on the outside what you're asking me to do. I want to get your heart and understand your heart and be able to reflect that because once I've got your heart, I can express it in different ways. So if you are prescribing the only way to do it is this way, that really limits my opportunity to have internalized what God is giving me through you and found my way to do it. I think in leadership, we always have to be careful that we don't have a bias for compliance. So as long as you're at the meetings, as long as you say yes when I ask you to do something, assuming all right, they've got a good heart attitude, it might not be that. They might just not be willing to say no what we're always wanting to see is are you hearing what I think God is saying to you or maybe you're hearing something different and so there's a we wanting to work together and authority is all about using what God's given you to enable someone else to hear it better too
Okay, that's really helpful. So what kind of character does a leader need? Really, you need every element of the character of, of Christ in everything that God calls us to. But if I was to pick just a, a few um, characteristics that I would say need to be present in a leader, I would say humility. Um, there needs to be a willingness to lay down your life, lay down your credibility. Jesus came first to serve, and we believe in servant leadership. And so you, you see that littered throughout the, the Bible. But those that God has given authority to, you see in Revelation, they that the elders lay down their crowns. And so there's always a willingness not to stand on position, but be willing to, to lay down what we have. And I think within that, there's a as our understanding that what God has started on this earth started before I existed and it will continue after I'm no longer breathing oxy oxygen on this planet. And so while I'm here, I want to use the, the few years that I have to further what he's called me to. And so when you see someone like David saying, I praise God because I see my successor on my throne, I want to be like that like I want the next generation to go further to be stronger and I think within that humility there's a as we're looking out for signs of faith in others and signs of what God's doing there's a humility where I don't rely just on my perception my ability to judge on my history with that particular person but I'm always saying God I can't see I don't know surely Lord you were here the whole time and I'm just not aware and that humility helps us become more aware of what he's up to. Um, another aspect of a leader, you need to be a good trainer, always looking to help others um, become stronger in their own faith, in their understanding of who God is and who they've been made to be. And that requires a lot of patience. And sometimes it means you have to slow down a little bit. And so in um, you see in 1 Samuel 23, the whole story of, um, this attack on this Israelite town called Kelia, something like that. And David hears about it and he says, God, should we go and defend this, this city? So David's currently in hiding in the caves because Saul's trying to, to take him out. God says, yes, so David's got his bags packed. He's walking out that cave. He's going to go pick a fight with the Philistines. His mighty men say to him, whoa, 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 whoa. We are currently in hiding from our own our own army that's trying to hunt us down. You want to go pick a fight with another army? And David's now in a very difficult position because he's heard God and he knows what to do and he's willing to go. He he's, has to now stop and think, okay, right, well, I want to obey God, but also I need to bring these guys with me. That's also part of my role as leader. So he goes back to God and said, God, if we attack the Philistines, will we be successful? And God says, yes, and his mighty men say, okay, that's good enough for us. We're coming with you now. What I find amazing is David didn't need to know that he'd be successful to go and fight. He just needed to know it was what God commanded. His men needed something more. And in God's mercy, he gave the something more. And sometimes in leadership, we've got to be willing to say, God, is there something more that, that these guys need in order to come in the same direction? And you see that even with Jesus, with the likes of Thomas. Thomas was doubting. Jesus 
moved into that space that Thomas was not willing to come into. And that's a part of a, a leadership. And I guess the last one is, is the, the courage of a forerunner. Um, sometimes you've got to be the first to step out. That's effectively leading is, is being at the front. Sometimes you might look like a bit of an, an idiot in what you try to do, and sometimes you get it wrong. But when you look at Joshua 3, when um, Joshua is leading the people across the Jordan into the promised land, um, the, the Ark of the Covenant goes out first and the priests have to walk into the water and they're getting their ankles wet and the water's not stopped yet. It must have taken some time for the water to stop. So you've got all of Israel standing behind them thinking, this isn't what happened when Moses was leading. The water divided and they walked through on dry land. These guys, have, they're, not, they're not like Moses. And so there's that point of sometimes we will not look as good as the last guy and we've got to accept okay, are we doing what God calls us to do? The other thing you find with, the, with the, the forerunners, take, for instance, special forces, they're often dropped behind enemy front lines and have to do something to, to open up the way for the rest of the army. They can end up suffering some friendly fire whilst they're um, ahead of the rest of the army. It's never their, their right to fire back. And as leaders, sometimes you've got to, it's part of the cost of, uh, cost of the job. Wow. That's great. Okay. So at one point you say in the article that the question, could your leader send you, is a good one to ask when trying to figure out how well you are serving your leader. Could you expand on that and what you mean by could your leader send you? Yes. Uh, this is, you really see this with Paul and the way that he trains and leads uh, the guys that are with him. So um, in 1 Corinthians 4, you see that Corinth is in a mess. They're fighting over who's gonna, who they're gonna follow, and um, Paul decides it's time to send in my my special force, and that's gonna be in this case uh, Timothy. It says uh, in verse seventeen, for this reason I have sent you Timothy, my son whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. He will remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus which agrees with what I've teach which what I teach everywhere in every church Paul's confidence in Timothy was Timothy knows how I live he knows what I what I believe not just the biblical teaching but how I've practicalized it in my life Timothy could be sent because he so closely can represent what Paul's got. And so that's quite a good question um, for us to ask ourselves. Could my leader send me? Would I be faithful to what they believe in? Would I be able to point to examples in my life where I've practicalized the things that I've agreed with and they've taught? Um, so that, that's, that's a worthwhile question to ask ourselves. So how does the role of team work in leadership? So teamwork you see coming up in the Bible because as God raises up an individual, he will often draw others around that will serve with that person um, as part of God's grace and resource. And we see that we believe a we believe in a priesthood of all believers. That's 1 Peter 
2 verse 9 and it talks about we together have the mind of Christ 1 Corinthians 2 16 so therefore we expect insight and contribution to come from any part of the body and as we're growing in maturity that will only enhance our contribution and so you leave a leader less isolated as we're growing and so if we are seeking to um, serve without selfish ambition it means that any contribution any skills that I have can be offered to help that leader and when you think about it a leader is still a human they will still have their weaknesses and we've got to not put a leader on a pedestal that we think everything they they do is magic there's, there's a point of realizing yeah you're you're as messed up as the rest of us you're anointed you're called by God God is choosing to work with you and if that's what God's doing I want to be part of the growing and the development of you by helping spot your blind spots and loving you through your weaknesses we're actually going to bring this podcast to conclusion and this whole series to conclusion actually which leads me to my final question you write about leaders being anointed to bring matters to conclusion. Could you talk to me about that? And um, yeah, then we'll, we'll, we'll call it a day there. This is a tough one because the idea that as long as the conversation is still happening, as long as someone in theory is willing to talk, you should always stay at the negotiating table. Unfortunately, there comes a point where you've got to recognise that sometimes you see that people have really dug their heels in and can't see beyond the point that they're making. In which case, a leader has to recognize, I don't have the grace to help move you beyond where you currently are, or I can't see what you're pointing out to me. In which case, we've got to rely on the Holy Spirit to, to bring conviction, either conviction of um, the, the the individual or of the of the leader and so at some point a decision does need to be made the subject has to be concluded and things need to be moved on and that's where it's, it can be quite painful where a leader has to say look we've talked about this enough now I would love it if everyone was in agreement and everyone was happy but I've been called to lead this community forward I'm now going to have to lead the community forward and there's opportunities for growth for all parties when a decision like that that is made um, for the person who feels that their their position has not been followed they've got to be saying okay god this is not what i feel is right i just ask that you would bring clarity to the leader or clarity to me but in the meantime you do grace me to continue to serve the person that you've joined me to and so it can look like a conversation has been shut down, but sometimes it is about concluding and bringing order to something that otherwise would be chaotic and would put a whole community into paralysis. Okay, thank you, Jamie. That's really, really good hearing what you've uh, shared. Like I say, this is, this is going to be the final episode of this series. Jamie's articles will be made available, so all you need to do is check the show notes for that. Uh, really hope you've enjoyed listening and found it valuable and we'll leave it there. Take care. Thanks for listening to this eight episode podcast exploring how to make a healthy transition to the next generation as a church whose heart is set on pilgrimage. 
We invite you to listen to the full series, but also to get in touch if you have questions so that iron can sharpen iron as we bring our collective wisdom together. Our contact details can be found in the show notes. For further teaching, do tap into the Lifeline Church Sunday Teaching Podcast and watch out for our conversational podcast on questions arising from the Book of Kings due to be released in July 2023.